0: Welcome to X-Garage one more time. Uh, Previously, we were saying... The Gospel Battle Cry. The the Gospel Battle Cry. I think we might be changing that. We did talk about... I changed it back because I think... Oh, uh, we did? Okay. We we haven't decided. Okay. Redeeming the Time or or Gospel Battle Cry. Redeeming the Time or or Basketball Battle Cry. Either one. (laughs) All right. Uh, Starting right into the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) We're prepared for this one. (laughs) Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power... Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into the household and capture weak women, uh, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth.
1: Let me follow that up with a UU comment here. All right, Uh, Taylor. Unitarian Universalism. Uh, Come, return to your place in the pews, and hear our heretical views. You were not born in sin, so lift up your chin. You have only your dogmas to lose. Leonard Mason, UU minister. you can find that. Yeah, done that. You can find that on various UU uh, local church sites, I believe. I think I found it on one. Yes, it was, it was actually on uucsf.org for visitors. Um, so, basically, we're connecting the fact that in the last days, uh, in fact, during the uh the age of the church during the new covenant age our present age that that paul's saying that there will be false teachers that will arise um there will be people seeking up uh knowledge but yet never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth yeah and uh and having a form of godliness and so we're going to hit on some of those themes because we think they actually tie directly to uh unitarian
0: universalism absolutely yeah um so maybe let's just hit right in with the, the principles since we're we're there. So they they kind of pride themselves in not being a uh, church of creeds, um, yeah. but ironically, obviously, they, they do have some form. Yeah, because uh,
1: because that statement itself is uh, it could be the first line of their creed
0: that we right. do not have creeds. Which is funny because sometimes they'll even admit that, like like our, our creed is that we have no creed or just kind of the irony of it, just like yeah. live live in the irony. Yeah. Um, but they have uh, a list of principles, seven principles that they, they consider living by to be essential uh, UU livings. So UU is the obviously the short for uh, Unitarian Universalism. I said the right order that time, right? You did, you okay. did. Okay. And we'll go through and talk <laughs> about their history in a moment. We just want yep. to throw out some of the principles first. Yep, just, just kind of breeze over them for a second. So I'm just going to say... Uh, Well, first principle is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Second, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Third principle is acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Uh, Fourth principle, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Fifth, uh, the right conscious and the use of the democratic process with our congregation and society at large. Sixth is the goal of the world uh, community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Uh, seventh is respect for the interdependent web of all existence which we are a part of. Mm. Um, yeah. keep, so them, keep them going. Is that all? That That's the seven principles and they, they have a separate list of sources of inspiration because remember they're, while they're, well, a lot of their history did start with uh, biblicists who would hold to the word of God as the word of God and try to yep. justify their beliefs by the word of God at this point in their history because I, I I don't think you can hold to Unitarianism or Universalism um, and and not at some point fall apart and uh, you're holding on to the Bible so oh definitely, the, definitely, Bi- definitely the Bible definitely, is yeah. a source of inspiration um, but so, along with many others as well so so another way to see that is that early
1: in, in what is uh, what Unitarian Universalists would call their history early on, the figures of their history were actually doing exegetical work to get their, come to their conclusions. Although there are many areas in which they were not doing good exegesis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, clearly on those two doctrines, one of Unitarianism, which is mm-hmm. uh, that God is one, that the Jesus is not one with the Father and the Spirit, and the Spirit yep. is not one with the Father or the Son. And so, and then Universalism being that all of humanity is saved um,
0: everything's redeemed. There's no, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. In, in one of their lectures, I was, I was listening to, I'm trying to find what the actual author or uh, the, the lecturer's name is. Um, but they talk about the, the realization of universalism. And again, that that's the suggestion that there, there is no hell. All people are redeemed. Um, whether that's through the actions of Christ or just in general, uh, there, there is no need for justification, uh, to be saved um they talk about it in terms of this uh, kind of overarching history uh through their their practice of, like can you imagine living at a point where people had to actually fight to to have this belief which I mean, it's true that there was some things that happened in history that that weren't great to Unitarian, or Unitarians or Universalists. Well, well, same thing with Jesus. Oh, sure. It was, yeah, it was
1: actually, <laughs> which they forget is the reason why he was persecuted and put on the cross is because he claimed to be one with the Father. Right. The Pharisees were after him because he was directly speaking heresy to uh, their understanding of how God is one. They didn't understand as God revealed Himself throughout redemptive history that God is is, is one in three
0: persons. Yep and so they wanted to condemn the eternal son of God. Eric Resley, that was the guy's name I was looking for, he did a really good, um, he, he is a Unitarian Universalist, and he did a very helpful um, longer, probably it's about an hour long video describing the history of Unitarian Universalism. It was, it was It's a bit, you know, mm-hmm. wonky, because I don't think you can hold on to a, a coherent history for the group, but um, he does trace the ideas back to the original uh, heretics that they, <laughs> they mm-hmm. claim to be their fathers. Well, yeah, um, like which, that, which like that thing we yeah.
1: just—that little uh, um, poem
0: I just read, yeah. right? Which is funny. Identify like,
1: themselves with the heretics, and yeah, then, and then and then flaunt that. But they but, do, yeah. And, and so we like. Uh, do did, did you want me to just name out some of these? Yeah, yeah, there? let's do it. So uh, origin is one that they would identify with, and and origin was really good in many areas. In fact, he was a scholar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did he um actually had the eternal generation of the son to the father in other words jesus uh um was he wasn't saying that jesus was the firstborn of creation
0: like the next guy we're really going to mm-hmm. mention.
1: but if he held to universal
0: salvation yeah so if there's if there's like levels of heresy like if, if zero is not a heretic at all 10 is absolute crazy heretic where do you place
1: o- origin that is a, that's a <laughs> complex question sir uh <laughs> to, to to play on the fool's table. Um, I don't know if that's you know a <laughs> phrase, but it is today. It's, it's this is the, this is, is, I'm gonna use it for now on. To play to play on the fool's table. table. The right. Fool's table. Uh, to to play to play into it. To play uh, that yeah, dangerous say, Let's throw. Let's give Origin um, a. Uh, you know, I didn't. I haven't. It's been too long since I've studied uh, these particular guys in yeah, tradition. but <laughs> Just throwing
0: on a number. Just just your gut. Uh, four. Just four. A four. Okay. Four that's, to that's five. Pretty, four to five. <laughs> I mean, so- somebody's going to call you uh, for that. You know yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, but in terms of in terms of his view of universalism and mm-hmm. absolute ten. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolute nice. ten. Jesus is clear. We'll get to that in, in when we talk about soteriology. But Jesus is very clear, using some some, some language that we'll get in Matthew, where uh, there will be many that will be judged and many that will be saved, and it's a parallelism, a Hebraic parallelism that you cannot break. Whatever you say of one side, you say to the other. And uh, so if there's people who inherit eternal life, there are those who are going to inherit the judgment in which they deserve an Adam. Mm, right. And sad. But yep. uh, so origin, you have that champion. And then we have Arius. Tell us about Arius. This is one of your main men. Where do you put oh, Arius gosh. on the scale of? 11. Of Arius? Yeah. <laughs> 11. He broke the, he broke it. He, well,
0: he, well he, he, true. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's the one, uh, at least that seems most famous for denying the divinity of Christ. And so that's where we're getting the codification of yeah. um, the denial of the Trinity. Um, yeah. He was
1: the uh, North African presbyter. So mm-hmm. he was a priest in North Africa at the time. Uh, during this, uh, just, just before uh, Augustine was on the scene and, um, and Pelagius. We'll talk about yep. It. Uh, and Ooh, so, I'm glad so, you brought him so, up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I threw him in there this morning. because like, how did I forget about him? Because that's another yeah. great saint of the UUs. Um, and, and, and we'll see why. But for like you said, Arius yeah. denied Christ's divinity clearly, and uh, instead of and this was the debate that happened at the, the Council of Nicaea
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, that which
0: which which they claim was was like they used the Council of Nicaea as kind of a breaking point. Like wow, everything was great until the Council right, of Nicaea. Right, right.
1: It was this evil social structure of Rome uh, of Constantine that made right. sure that Jesus kept his deity. Something strange, not not the scripture that claim that Jesus uh, right. baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit, the one name of God. Yeah. Like this is the scriptural teaching. It wasn't based. It, so so obviously Constantine was after a unified nation, uh, and so he set up a council and brought great minds together of different opinions. And Arius lost. Would that be right. a good summation? Right. Yeah. And he, I mean, he was punished pretty well for it. Yeah, I mean, not in a way that again, like we true. said, is not is not um, something we're we're saying is a good thing. But what we
0: are saying is that's what historically would have happened at that time yeah, period. It's yeah, yeah, it's a historical not, context. It's not unique.
1: You got to say you got to interpret things in their context, and um, and so that was that's the way they dealt with that. Um, doesn't make it good, obviously, especially when it comes to the gospel. That's not a gospel move um, because someone's rejecting the deity of Christ. Everyone rejected Christ's deity, and Jesus put their ears back on. Um, right. So. Uh, uh, that is not to say he's not going to come back to judge those who have um, rejected him in such a manner. Mm-hmm. It'll be in his hands that he does that. Uh, but I just want to know that, and then let's just... So what do we say? Yeah, so Arius rejected the deity of Christ. He also had some other th- things as well, but uh, you guys, just for some theological fun, you can look up the terms homo, homoousios and homoousios, which are the two Greek terms that the big debate was over, is, is Jesus... Um, one s- substance with the father, homoi, or is he uh, a separate-like substance, hom- homoi, uh, I just messed up, so homoousius, same, homoi is separate.
0: Oh, somebody take your Greek card away.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you take away. Um, so it's just a one vowel difference, one letter, yeah. one iota makes like, the difference the, between... between the Heresy and and, and orthodoxy, <laughs> one letter, and it's really important because yep. it says completely different things. Yes, Pelagius. This is our favorite. My my yep. Starbucks card, my name on my Starbucks card is Pelagius. Uh, if you uh...
0: <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> seriously, I'm gonna. I think I could pull it up here. That's amazing. So yeah. Pelagius, anyway, was, was uh, a monk who opposed Augustine, in, or Augustine. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Augustine. Augustine. I, I'm, I'm I, had a li-
1: I had a librarian, correct me once, early on in my undergraduate studies. I said, I came I said, I'm looking for Agu- uh, Augustine. She goes, oh, Augustine?
0: I love it when people do that, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to say Augustine.
1: That's actually probably for, closer. For now on. Um, here it is, Starbucks. <laughs> the- <laughs> Ooh, they changed this Christmas thing. Ooh, that's a- nice. Star- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> see, look at that. It's coffee weather, Pelagius. Yeah. You can't see it, but... It's, it it's that sounds so aggressive. So, what's funny is I go and I order my coffee by Pelagius. Yeah, <laughs> you go and order your coffee, and then the barista or, or the uh, what's the, the, the is that you call both the male and female coffee maker
0: a barista? I think barista. Barista. I don't know. Anyway,
1: but, <laughs> no idea. Um, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, they have to yell out Pelagius, and I love that. <laughs> there's no one called Plagius since Plagius. I'm,
0: I'm pretty sure that's accurate yeah. <laughs> uh
1: anyway he's a british monk who opposed augustine and augustine opposed him and he held to the goodness of humanity mm-hmm. and that jesus was an example and uh we can um, be like christ in that sense
0: and merit our own salvation right so salvation can be earned by good living and that's capable in the human person yeah Uh, which you know the the denial of the the doctrine of original sin is is kind of part and parcel for um, unitarian Universalism beliefs right because they they completely hate that doctrine
1: yes Um, yeah they have what was
0: it original blessing rather than original sin
1: right (laughs) and we'll get into that some Mm. more Uh, Um, Sicinius is just uh, a guy that uh, he this is where you see a lot more coming through he rejected the Trinity deity of Christ uh, uh, Christ.
0: N- now we're now we're jumping to the 1500s. Yeah,
1: 15s. Good good <clears throat> good point there. Um, so, and then we got uh, a philosopher that influenced uh, uh, Ralph Wil- Waldo Wildo. <laughs> I always want to say Waldo <laughs> or Ralph Wildo Where's Emerson. Waldo. Where's Waldo? Where's <laughs> Waldo? Emerson uh, is by Immanuel you know, uh, Kant, uh, who was in the uh, 18th
0: century, early and uh, late uh, ni- or early 19th. Again, I, I keep on uh, finding it really interesting that, uh, it, again, because you can't trace a single l- line of thought between the history that they, they you know, they'll, they'll point to certain figures. Here's where we're getting inspiration from this person, from that person. And, and they just kind of tie them together loosely, mm-hmm. but they're not able to say, like, as, as Christians, like, I, I, I look back, of course, to the time of Jesus and, and point to... Traditions. that I'm saying, okay, I'm I'm following my my beliefs from this stream. Yeah, until today. And very good point. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple too,
1: because you say Jesus said, "I came to fulfill the law of the prophets and the Psalms." That's the Old Testament, right? From the blood of Abel to Zacchaeus or Zac uh, something like that. Yeah. And so that's the whole Old Testament canon for the according to the Hebrew uh, way that Hebrew Bibles out. It's from. Uh, Genesis 2, I, I think Second uh, Chronicles or Chronicles, and then and then you have you sound the authors of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So our history is really the basis of of, of of redemptive history as the Scripture reveals it, and those who follow these core doctrines. Right. It's a very simple history. We have all these secondary debates, but uh, the history is we we hold to the to the faith that's been delivered to the saints, which you can see all the way through to this day in Christianity.
0: Yep. So we, we have Kant, and then we're going over to Hegel. Oh, yeah. And Hags, so when, when we were talking about him, the, the big uh, thrust for, for Hegel was that history has an overarching aim to it in that uh, there is a uh, what he called a, a thesis, antithesis, and then a synthesis, right? Mm-hmm. So in that, he's saying that there's a, a, a first... Mistake. <laughs> so, um, I can't, I can't remember some of the social examples he gave, but basically, there's he thought of it as kind of a three move system to where there is a social illness ailment and that is corrected but overcorrected in the other way, and then time will solve it by creating some kind of middle ground and in a synthesis, right? Um and he, and he was writing in, in kind of response and rejection to somebody else. Like, I can't remember who that was, um, uh, but not not super important.
1: Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I, I didn't come across that, but that, that actually might be something to look into. I know, yeah, yeah, he sees that history is, um, he was grounding, he's trying to objectively ground knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. But because the world is passing, you can't do that. He knew that, right? And if, if all things are passing, then what is true? Um, mm-hmm. And so he says, well, actually, all things are moving toward this certain end, this, and at that point, we'll discover the truth of all things. As history is moving forward uh, through, like you said, the antithesis <laughs> versus the other antithesis or the positive, uh, it brings about this, um, the next stage of development in philosophy and civilization. And then that will bring forth another, we'll speak, see another variable that will disclose another error. Mm-hmm. And then that will synthesize. And what's cool about the system is that all the knowledge previous is subsumed into our present point. So uh, it's not that you weren't true at that time, it's just that you've disclosed more um, uh, f- as you move forward. So ultimately you don't know what's fundamentally true about
0: existence till you get to that end. Right. So let's, let's regurgitate which, this for a second. Which? So um, we have all these different characters that are kind of coming out of the woodworks for uh, you know putting together the system of the the UUs. Mm-hmm. Um, so between the the two fundamental heresies you know rejecting the d- divinity of christ and the trinity and um universal salvation for all uh but they're they're kind of capstoning it by this um uh, heavy focus on social issues bringing heaven down to earth mm-hmm. rather than christ the redeemer being the one who's coming to redeem the earth yeah. it's it's on the shoulders of humanity yes to bring heaven to earth is kind of how they're envisioning this whole yes gamut right, i guess you could say that's really good mm-hmm. um i think and that's
1: where we see the history go and I'll, let's maybe we'll just button up the history then because we now it we brings us to after hegel it brings us into the late 19th century with ralph waldo emerson who pastored a unitarian church uh moved on from that got away from it and just he, he was actually that great uh, poetic writer that influenced a whole generation of M- American literature. I'm not big into that, so I don't know all the, the big uh, American writers, but I know they they're, they have influenced the West and particularly America and American thought uh, heavily to where to stay in this individualistic society. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it comes back to that as a subject, as really the grounding of all truth. Emerson is the key player and he's the key key person that the UUs will quote. And just for, he, he felt... Um, Emerson uh, emphasized the human need of breaking from the past and and all uh, and bombarded, so in traditions, breaking from creeds in the quest for this oversoul. And so basically what's Mm -hmm. fun is he actually is just repackaging Plato's Mm -hmm. ideas, like the world is passing, but what we know is sure are these universals that stand over us and unite all of us, like faithfulness, justice, love. And so if we just extract ourselves from our temporal life and the passing life, and meditate on the beauty of these things that we see through nature. Um, that is really spiritual enlightenment, and and that's what the UUs do today. Is they try to focus on these principles um, apart from um, really, yeah, it's 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 living, uh, kind of escaping the realm of in which we live in, mm-hmm. in a really true sense. It's it's dividing out justice and love and all these things play out
0: in history. Cool. Um, yeah, let's keep going. Let's charge through the rest of the, okay. the history. They, there's so Foster. many people, though. And this is it's
1: where just... this is where you use "come out big." George Berman Foster. He's uh, uh, what early twentieth century, uh, mm-hmm. uh, late nineteenth uh, century. He's the one that brought in a lot of the humanistic, yeah. naturalistic ideas.
0: This guy right here. Yeah. So got some show and tell for you. So the finality of the Christian religion. Uh, George Berman Foster. This big guy right here. Do you read this whole thing?
1: no no after i read
0: skinner (laughs) yeah i I started getting
1: into that one and after i read skinner i realized they're saying identical stuff and skinner just did it it's not even apologetic he just laid it out this this uh i want to read german eventually because our foster because he he's just more sophisticated in his approach um although he's they're saying the same thing yeah no didn't do it um Anyway, you see that with these guys, Skinner, who came at the same time, this guy here, this is from the Universalist side, he's from the Unitarian side, and they really took on this this Hegelian idea of history, Um, even quoting from, I think it was Foster who said, or uh, his teachers who said uh hegel's system is scary at first but once you buy it you 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 don't really look back mm-hmm. and so whether you 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 and terry Universalists realize it or not they're really floating on this is their their philosophy not christ mm-hmm. right um and so that's it that's mm-hmm. it that's that's i guess a quick breeze, breeze through on
0: their some key players cool uh, I think we're we're getting close to the end of our our first segment as far as time wise. We can pick up where we left off. let's make episode.
1: one point on this. Is, mm-hmm. it is in 1961 when they officially joined?
0: Yes, yeah. that's really
1: important. So it wasn't until 1961 <laughs> that they came together and and. and uh, you made a meme about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wasn't wasn't it? Can you dirt? explain your meme? Because <laughs> I didn't get it. If you guys didn't get it, I didn't get it. <laughs> we, we, can, we can talk about that later. Oh, sure. Um, so sure. B- basically, I, what I was what I was trying to get at with, with the meme and and uh, kind of poking fun at them. They they joined churches like they they came together as two separate religious entities and not for uh, the purpose of getting it closer to truth it seemed more like it was a, it was a move to make sure that they had a, a, a place to survive as, as two groups that were kind of outcasts. And so it, it
1: they, they, and so, so to, maybe a fair way to put it is what ultimately the necessity brought them to that decision, right? Because they were, they were, but, but also they shared such, they shared the same fundamental, uh, uh, philosophical foundation mm-hmm. that it was easy for them to join mm-hmm. and, and then create something.
0: What, one thing that they, they did mention, um, because this, this this similarity between them happened a, a long time before that. like they a lot of uh, Unitarians were kind of universal ish and he, that a lot of the Universalists were already Unitarians. Um, one of the reasons why they they didn't and I'm getting this, I, I believe it was from Eric, the guy I was uh, pointing to earlier who said uh, one of the reasons they they didn't merge earlier was because of uh, class reasons is what he said um in that a lot of the uh i can't remember which way it was but a lot of one of those sects were like um in in place of power mm-hmm. and a lot of the other ones i think it was the unitarians yeah. were were more yeah. they were um, in, they in took the, over you know, harvard and yeah. they took over america yep. for a short yeah. <laughs> period of time i think they had a few presidents in their yeah in their hat yeah yeah and then uh the the other ones were more kind of your average joe uh the universalists mm. um so it it Took until later when they when they both were um, dwindling in numbers mm. before they they coalesced into a single group. Yeah, good. That's a good history. Yeah, good good round round out there. Cool. Is that good. Yeah, I think I think that's it for the first episode on the, U, the UU's, them Universal Unis, Um I said. Yeah, that. join <laughs> us for this next one. The next one we're going to talk <laughs> about uh, what we were hoping to get
1: to. This one, which is Revelation. This is great. This means we'll actually probably accomplish four episodes. That's awesome. Cool. 오! <목소리도>